Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Hey, amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe, Pastor Clark Covington. Maybe you have a cup of coffee. Maybe you have a plate of fish. Maybe you have an aquarium you're looking at. Because today we're getting back into Genesis 1. We're getting back into this uh, kind of fifth, sixth day of creation here, where we are talking about God creating. And on the fifth day of creation, uh, God created uh, the, the, the moving creature and the fowl. Uh, the birds, to fly uh, in the firmament of heaven, the skies. And he created great whales and and every living moving creature. That was the fifth day. And then we have in the sixth day, verse 24 through 26, we're in the second part here. God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw it was good. God made every every animal, every creature. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Yeah, that is awesome. Like, thank you, God. You know, God could have easily said, let them have dominion over most of the animals, but this set of animals, let them rule over those sinful people. Let them rule over those unbelieving people. Let them rule over those disobedient, stiff-necked people. Let them rule over those people that I consider my enemy. Because, you know, the Bible tells us the natural man, the unsaved man, is at war with God. Enmity would be the Bible word. We are Our, our, we, our carnal nature uh, is actually at war with God. And so Jesus Christ died for our sins while we were yet enemies. You know, if I'm going to go and die for somebody— it would have to be someone I really loved and cared about, a family member, a really close friend, amen? And even that would be hard to do. But someone that hates me, someone that goes against everything I believe, someone that won't listen to me on and on and on, am I going to go die for that person? Christ did, amen? And not only did he do that, but he also created earth. John 1 tells us he was the one at creation that created everything. And we see that Christ, he did all of this. He gave us dominion over all of the animals. And we are looking at the fish. In the last episode, I talked about the whale shark. And the reason I can talk somewhat authoritatively about the whale shark is not that I've swam with them, amen. Not that I've like hooked one with a spear, but we went to the aquarium. I've been to the aquarium probably, I don't know, two, three, four times in Atlanta. And our church went some years ago and we got to see one in person. And it just struck me because the theme in my mind, like we're on a church trip, we're with, you know, it's a fellowship thing. I'm already in my mind thinking about God, right? It's just already on my mind and my heart, and I'm looking at his creation. And my favorite uh, little exhibit there was like, the, I think it was the sea lions, right? When you walk in, I just love them. They're so playful and fun. And uh, I was all worried because we drove our church van up there, which wasn't in the best mechanical shape. And it's a good three or four hour drive from Kings Mountain. And uh, so I was kind of a little frazzled, a little nervous. And so I saw those sea lions. It just was like, oh man, they're awesome. They're like kind of watching puppies play. It was just so much fun to watch them. 
But then you see the whale shark and you're just in awe at his size. See, this fish is the biggest fish that people have uh, ever known in the world, they say. Amen. And so God made that fish and us to rule over that fish as well as all the other fishes. And we were looking here in the past episode about how the Bible references fishes from the abundant blessing in Jesus feeding the multitudes, right, uh, to being used in prophecy, to uh, the book of Numbers, uh, to Jesus after in his resurrected form, uh, they're, uh, you know, feeding uh, Peter and the disciples uh, from the hot coals, amen, fish and bread. Uh, fish was used in dietary laws as in like which ones you can and can't eat in Leviticus. And fish, of course, is used throughout the Bible as a key part of the diet at that time. Amen. Uh, I don't know if fish is the word as numerous as wine, but it was in there a lot. Uh, and so let's read one of these verses that I've mentioned here. Uh, this is from Luke 5 about this abundant catch. Amen. Luke 5, 1 through 11. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of, I think that G is silent, but Genesaret. Oh, man. And saw two ships standing by the lake. We don't edit. We just keep going. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into the uh, one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, that'd be Simon Peter, uh, the apostle Peter, as we know him, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. And by the way, if you've ever gone fishing and taken nothing, it's very frustrating. And I know all about that. Nevertheless, at thy word, I let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished that all were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Okay, first things first here. It's Genesaray. Okay, so I was butchering the lake at the beginning of uh, that, that passage of Scripture, Luke 5, verse 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret. I was calling Genesaret, <laughs> which is also uh, the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so yeah, all right, we got that cleared up. Now, in Luke 5, 1 through 11, we see that Jesus Christ, what does he do? He said, take a look over here, Peter. And Peter doubted him, but he, he was obedient and he did. And he saw a great catch. And God selected them, these disciples. He chose them. And, and God is the one that does that. And so when we are saved, it's not us finding him. It's him choosing us. 
right? So our salvation is nothing that we can do. It's a gift. All we can do is have faith. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God without faith. But God enters in this picture, right? And he indwells in us once we're saved. Amen. And just as he told Peter, now we're going to catch men. When once we're saved, we are should be about our father's business. And instead of catching fish, we are to catch men. And that is probably one of the most significant examples of, of uh, the fishing uh, kind of comparison in the Bible is how we are to win souls uh, for the Lord. And of course, we just plant the seeds. He does the soul winning. And you say, well, Brother Clark, where would I start? How, how do I know you know, who God's going to save and who he's not. Well, you don't know. And that's why another example or comparison the Lord gives is like sowing seeds, right? When you have a handful of seeds, you don't know which one is going to sprout up and which one's not. So what do you do? You abundantly sow those seeds. You abundantly throw those things down all over that fertile dirt and you wait to see which one's going to pop up. And I'm not an expert. From my experience, they don't all grow. Uh, and then you're going to get even deeper. The seed has to die before it can grow. And that's just like Christ having to die before we could be saved or regenerated in him uh, as he was risen from the dead. And we are now new in Christ. Kids today were talking about asking if the bas- baptismal pool is cold or not. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's chilly. We don't want to go in there, Dad. We don't want to go in there. Thinking about being baptized, I guess they're already imagining they're young, really young, and so they haven't yet accepted the Lord as Savior because I'm not going to make them. We talk about salvation probably almost daily here, but they have to be convicted because, again, I can't save them for them. They have to, the Lord's got to move upon their heart. They have to understand what it means to be saved and then accept the Lord. But we are to be fishers of men. Amen. And I'm sure some people thought of that when I first mentioned fish, but here I am kind of in the uh, second episode part here in the latter part of the second episode, finally getting to it, but probably the most important reference, I would think. And what do we see with Simon Peter? He doubted Jesus, but he did it anyway. It's a picture of obedience and faith. We all can doubt what God calls us to do. You know how many times I've doubted God? Uh, More than a few, but I press forward trusting him. And that is the prayer. Lord, I don't understand. Lord, this in my mind, it doesn't make sense. But guess what? I don't know anything anyways, so I trust you. I have faith in you. That My life verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Amen. That is literally my favorite verse in the Bible. My mom gave me a little statue of a sailboat with that thing on there when I was young. Uh, 56 is my favorite number. 5 being grace, 6 being man, grace for man. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. See, if we trust the Lord with our heart, right? If we trust the Lord with half our heart, I should say, or if we trust the Lord with just a little of our heart or none of our heart, then we, we won't be obedient to him, right? We'll be, we'll be acknowledging ourselves and we won't be acknowledging him. We'll be trying to direct our own ways and not allow him to direct our ways. And we trust the Lord with all our heart. We don't lean onto our own understanding. We acknowledge him. He directs our paths. And again, that's my life first because for me, it's been challenging over the years to fully surrender to God. Because sometimes God will take you places that can be frightening. Look at Abraham. God told Abraham, leave your family, leave everybody, and you go to Canaan land. Well, he went to Canaan, and there was a famine. And then he really messed up. He went to Egypt and got all kinds of problems there. Okay? But there was a famine in Canaan. Sometimes God will lead us to places that test us, that challenge us. 
that put pressure upon us because that pressure is good for molding us to be more like Christ. And being a Christian means Christ-like. Amen. And so we are to not lean on our own understanding. We are to be obedient to God. Peter says, I'm a pro. I'm a fisherman day and night. I'm out here all the time. But you tell me to go ahead on the right. Okay, I'll go ahead on the right. But he did it. Some people won't even do it. And what happens? The net's overflowing. There is an abundance. They can't even pick this net up. And again, in the, I don't know what episode it is, but an early episode of The Chosen, really the only clip I've seen of that show, uh, they're trying to pick, they're trying to depict this and they're trying to pick the net up and they're falling over. And again, the little clip gave me chills just seeing how the Lord blesses in abundance. Our cups overflow. Amen. Our hearts barely can stand it. When we love God and we turn to God and get away from the things of this world, we will be just so blessed. I mean, honestly, it's hard to describe the love in my heart for others and, 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 and for my family and friends and for the lost, the love in my heart for them it's hard to describe because God has loved me that much that it just pours out. Amen. You don't, God doesn't have to like, you know, push you into serving him. If you spend time with him, you're going to experience his love and you see him in your life more and more because God is sovereign and all things come from him. Amen. And you start understanding scripture like Romans eight twenty eight that all things are for the good of those that love the Lord, those that are called according to his purpose. All of a sudden, you're going to just be praising God, desiring, begging God to let you do something for him because you just love him that much. He's a good savior. He's a good Lord. He's a good master. And yet here the devil tries to pervert that in every way make it look like God's going to try to kill the fun. God is fun. God made fun. He created fun. If anyone knows what fun is, God knows what fun is. If anyone knows what joy is, God knows what joy is. And But what do we do? We, we sit around and think of, you know, how can the world help us here? How can the world help us there? Trust God. Peter's recognition of who Christ is as God uh, and accepts sinful Peter tells us to fear not and to follow him. So Peter wasn't perfect when Christ told him to follow him, far from perfect. And yet Christ told him to follow him and said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. God can use a broken vessel. God can use the brokenhearted. God can use the down and out. God can use the imperfect. God, in fact, I believe relishes in doing that because he gets so much praise and glory. I can testify that he took me and used me. And if he can use me, he can use anybody. Look, tune in next time to part three as we get deeper into the book of Genesis. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.